for all those who continue this notion of LeBron James being better than Michael Jordan, <laughs> just stop. <laughs> Shut up already. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win it! You hear the Bulls uh, commentator goes, he wants his mummy. <laughs> he uses Curry way down to Star of the show. Yep. From North Carolina. <laughs> Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James and the Muslim! Kwame Brown, God bless him, is a scrub. He can't play. No disrespect whatsoever. Is this the tagger? White Mamba out. <laughs> He's waited six episodes. Look at him. He can be sweating. I was writing that for an hour today. Welcome, everyone, to Sports Opinionated, a podcast from Australia where we're not afraid to voice our opinions on all things in the NBA. I'm Pete Evans, and alongside me for the very first time, one of the first friends of the podcast, an actual Cleveland Cavaliers fan. Oh, Welcome to you, it. Ryan Deeth. How are you? You hanging oh, in? I'm good. I'm good, Pete. It's good to be here. And yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to be the number one guest. First guest. Here at Sports Opinionated. Let's do it. Great to have you along. Well, mate, great to have you here in the absence of Matt O'Brien. Matt, go well. Be great to have you back soon. But one of the biggest weeks ever in the NBA, a lockdown, a boycott, a vote by two teams to end the season. A resolution to restart it. Round one playoff action. Two coaches fired. Round two, NBA playoff basketball, mate. There's nothing like it. Fair to say, Rhino, you picked a pretty good week to come on the pod. I know, right? I've just been, there's been so much going on, so much to talk about. And I I don't know where to start, Pete. Where do we start? Well, I'll help you with that. I'll help you with that. But before we delve into the incredible comings and goings of the last week, mate, a couple of things. Firstly, tell us about your journey of being you know, an NBA fan, and also, including that, why on earth did you stick with the Cavs when LeBron broke your heart for the second time? Oh, look, did he break my heart? I mean, he bought a he bought a championship to good old Cleveland. So, I mean, breaking his heart, he might end up back there for a third time. We never know, Pete. We never know. Might might leave your Lakers. Um, but yeah, look, I was a bit of a late bloomer to the NBA. Um, I got into it um, watching it with a mate during the 2009 Eastern Conference Finals. I had the choice of either following a Dwight Howard-led yes. Magic or a LeBron-led Cavaliers. At that time, they were, you know, they were in contention for being, you know, best in the league. It was a, it was a fight between those two. Um, so I chose the Cavs. I enjoyed the early LeBron years, stuck true through their 26-game losing streak record. Oh, wow. And, yep, 26 games. Um, yep, I remember that. Um, Jamari Moon, big favorite of mine. <laughs> And um, <laughs> first mention on the pod, <laughs> exactly right. And um, and look, a little bit of a bucket list item. Got to see them at um, Madison Square Garden face off against Carmelo Anthony and the New York Knicks yes, in their did. championship year. So, so you mean I'm not a LeBron bag and bandwagoner? You know, you're definitely not a bandwagoner. You mean to tell me you travelled all the way overseas to see uh, your team and LeBron actually played? He did. He did play. He did play. Bad luck, Pete. Don't. I won't bring up that old wound. That's all right. Now, mate, how have you found bubble basketball in the NBA since it came back? Well, what a roller coaster. It's um it's one crazy turn after another. I mean, for starters, the seeding games, they were all meant to be about Zion and the Pelicans um <laughs> getting the eighth seed and then giving your Lakers a run for their money. But instead yes. 
ended up being all about the undefeated Phoenix, Lillard going crazy, and the Blazers stealing the eighth seed. And then we've got everything from the boycott now to some epic round one series. Um, I think I think it's been an utter success. No COVID, no COVID cases, and I mean the basketball's just been phenomenal. It has, it has, it has. Well, mate, within 24 hours of us dropping last week's pod, one of the biggest sports stories, if not one of the biggest stories of the year, broke. The Milwaukee Bucks refused to take the court, prepared to concede or forfeit their playoff game to Orlando in protest of the shooting of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. Other teams quickly followed suit. The WNBA followed, so did Major League Baseball. Even our tennis superstar Naomi Osaka boycotted her semi-final. Really? Yep. The play. Yeah, she came back and played that final. They didn't make a forfeit. She came back and won that semi. Yeah, wow. uh, the players were angry. They'd had enough. They'd been locked down in the bubble for a while. Emotions were obviously high, mate. How did you follow this major story? What's your take on it? Um. Well, yeah. Like, I mean. <laughs> it was one of those situations, like we said, the bubble's been this utter success. And then all of a sudden there's, you know, there's potential for this to just be boycotted altogether. Okay. And, um, and I, I mean, I understand it from the player's point of view. It's been, they, they have had social justice issues on their mind. They've been at protests. They're angry about police reform, all those, all those things. And, and they, I mean, they're putting actions to what they believe in. And um, one thing I actually really loved about it, um, this might sound a bit weird, but I love the fact that Orlando were already on the court in the sense that it was all a bit of a schmozzle. Like it wasn't yeah. this big planned, oh, you know, everyone's talked to every team and we're going to do this massive boycott. But it was, I mean, I think wasn't Kyle Korver in, um, in his, he was in his, in his jersey ready to play. Um, so it just all came together quite last minute. And then, and then, um, yeah, to actually get some some tangible resolutions to what's going to happen around voting yes. centers in yep. stadiums, that's just been incredible. What did you yes, think? It has. Yeah, look, I, I felt for the players. I mean, mm. I really did. You know, they're away from their families. They're away from their home cities where a lot of them are, you know, a big deal. They have a real impact on their communities. They felt helpless. They wondered aloud if they'd made any difference in the bubble. Yeah. Which, you know, and so for this to happen to Jacob Blake had to be heartbreaking for a lot of them. Um. And I also felt for them because I thought, I think what they've done in the bubble has been phenomenal. You know, I think the focus they've shown on this issue has been enlightening. It's been educating, particularly for, for people like ourselves. Um, and, yeah. you know, it's opened the eyes of so many. Look, it was a rugged day or so, mm. personally, as, a, as an NBA fan and a Lakers fan. You know, I, I, I was selfish. I had to admit it. But, you know, I desperately wanted them to play, but totally, quote, unquote, you know, understood insofar as I can that their final decision may have been different from my ideal and that this was bigger than than that. So, and I think that yeah. final that final resolution to kind of keep playing, recognizing that, um, you know, if they just stop playing, then there might be some talk about it for a week or two. But then the you know the football season's not too, the NFL season's not Correct. too far away. So they actually do have, and we've seen it from some of the speeches again from players this week. I mean, their platform is incredible, they've, and they've got the backing from the media. Um, so they actually, it's it's quite a united front. It is. It is. Well, mate, let's let's get into some actual basketball. I know since you yeah. found out you were coming on this pod that you've been cramming like at your year twelve exams. Oh. Did you did you cram for year twelve exams? I hope you cram for year twelve exams. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes, LeBron James at the buzzer.
let's look at some of the highlights of the last week or two. Let me jump in because I'm going to eat. This is going to be hard for me and you'll understand why. My first highlight is a game five statement. And this pains me, my friend, but credit where it's due. The Clippers had all the doubters on them at 2-2 in their series against the Mavericks. 82% of teams that win a game five tied at 2-2 go on to win the series. The Clippers sent an emphatic statement, mate. Did you see that in any of that enormous 154-111 blowout? They went for the jugular. They went for Zinger's knee. They went back into title contention. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was the first game that Paul George actually showed up. He may have. Yes, he did go for 35 that game. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think us, us in, I think us in Australia, especially, we always root for the underdogs, and um, and I, mm-hmm. and I think that you know the we love the story around Luca and going and going just ballistic, second season in, first time in the playoffs, and the numbers he averaged were just crazy. Um, and I think it was, I mean, it was just pretty shattering not to see Porzingis out there. I mean, you know, you like, may need to get used to that, my friend. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly right, and. I mean, there were a few refer- references to my um, 2007 Cavs in the sense that um, LeBron didn't have uh, many players alongside him in that finals. And look, when you're relying on guys like Seth Curry and... Oh, oh hang man. on. Like, hang and not on. Seth Curry's good. He's, he's genuinely good. Kleber. I don't, think, I don't think he's number two, though. Sorry, Seth. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a tough beat once uh, once the zinger went down. Hopefully, he, he returns to that knee injury on his good knee, unfortunately. For me... James Harden, again, their game five was their biggest game of the season. He went for a lazy 31 and 11 and 15. Um, too much negative publicity about this guy. He, he went at 73% in their biggest game of the season. He was a plus 28 for the game. He's an absolute star. Now, I know they got beat today, mate. He had another good game, though. One of the few with a positive plus minus. He went for 32, 8 and 7 on 50% shooting. Huge game seven coming up for him in a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, and I got some, I got some thoughts about those last few few minutes of that game. We'll, we might get there, but um, look, one of my highlights has just been just the general intensity of these games between players. Yes, I mean, I feel like on any given night there seems to be just a fair bit of pent up aggression that we're seeing with these players. And for me, one of the biggest highlights um was uh, seeing good old Dennis Schroeder or Schroeder, oh, yep. uh, Give uh give the old Draymond Green nut punch straight to uh, PJ Tucker, which yep. was then followed by a retaliation headbutt by um said um PJ Tucker. And obviously we don't get one things getting out of hand, but man, I'm just loving the fact that um there's just so much intense intensity between these players. We don't want to see situations like um whether it was intentional or not. Obviously Morris standing on Luca's um bad ankle, but um if Ooh. it's going to get a bit physical. I mean, we saw in game six today between Houston and OKC, like that game was just back and forth, physical that whole time. I'm just loving that. That Absolutely. Well, let's let's stay with it. I know, um, I know we're going to deal with it later, but sorry, did you just say that Marcus Morris stood on Luca's bad ankle? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll go there in a minute. I've got him coming up later. You're right, though. OKC and Houston do not like each other. There no. are enough fouls early on in this game today to – to uh, resemble a UFC pay-per-view. There were three to four low blows by OKC in this first quarter. Hey, Ryan, question without notice. Who's the number one defensive team in the playoffs? Uh, I'm pretty sure you said that on your last uh, podcast. Isn't it the good old uh, Los Angeles Lakers? Uh, In the bubble, they are. But in the playoffs, it is the Houston Rockets, would you believe? You're kidding me. Well, not for long. Want to hear my reason why? Yeah, yeah, go. (laughs) 
Russell Westbrook is back, my friend. Oh, and man. Is he, he back? <laughs> he is awful. He had seven turnovers today, most of them completely avoidable. He was minus nine for the game. He was three of 13 in game five. As for Houston, Eric Gordon, Green and Rivers went a combined four of 19. Did you know that Eric Gordon is seven of 37 threes in these playoffs? Matt would love to be having that stat. He's been on Gordon for a while. Oh, OKC yeah. in this game were down six with 3.30 to play. They closed it with a 12-2 to two run. There's a reason why they're the number one clutch team in the NBA. Play like that. And, of course, Chris Paul, 28 for the game, plus 20 in a game they won by six. Plus 20. Well, I mean, on the Westbrook thing, now, I don't want to sound like too much of a hater, but, I mean, there was in the first please, quarter. Please, in the first please. quarter. You're in the first quarter, he's going full hammer and tong to the basket. Still 16 seconds left on the shot clock. Met by Nerlens Noel. Spins in the air. Throws it out of bounds. Meters away from the intended target of Jeff Green um, for a Houston turnover. Um, it was just a classic turnover. And you've already hit it. It was seven turnovers. But, wow, I was um, that last quarter was just oh, excellent. I mean, Chris Paul had had a relatively quiet night till, till that last quarter. And just, just on your point, Russell Westbrook turnovers, end of the first quarter, you mentioned that, catches a rebound with 26 seconds to go, 24 seconds on the shot clock. What does he do? Pushes it like a maniac, throws it straight out of bounds. He's trying to push the ball forward. Turnover, just just no game sense in that moment of a playoff game. Yeah, and I mean, we were talking about Harden and the, and the incredible game he had. But then a few times, because it's one thing if, if Russell, Russell Westbrook takes a rebound, fangs it down the other end. But a few times, Harden gave it to him. And, I mean, we, there was a the last opportunity for them to tie the game. We had a oh, air ball. An don't. air ball. An air ball, Peter. Jump shot air ball. And it was then, only a little. It only missed by a little bit, though, didn't it? Right? <laughs> man, I don't even think it brushed the net. It just, and, it and, just got net. Yeah. And then he also just turned it over. He also play the game. In that last in that yep. last minute too. So yeah, welcome back, uh, Russell Westbrook. Yep, uh, indeed. And w- one for me, LeBron and AD up three-one. The Lakers close out games are hard, right? As the Rockets and the Jazz will attest. CJ McCollum doing everything he could to keep Portland in the bubble with Dame injured in Game Five. The thirteenth playoff triple-double for LeBron, best ever. Went for a, an easy thirty-six, ten and ten at seventy-three percent. Davis forty-three and nine at close to 80%. Ryan, we can't keep giving this very likable Portland team free passes on their defense. They're ranked 27th in the league. In the bubble, they're ranked 184. They have to make change, mate. Look, I love that Kamala Anthony had a good last game. Would love to see him go around again. Well, he was he's definitely playing for his uh, contract next year. Well, he might get 27 one. points. But in the last four halves, the Blazers have given up 80 55, 68, and 63. Uh, I've got a question without notice coming up for you later in this pod about the Blazers. But Lakers close that game. Certainly a highlight, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like we said earlier, that, I mean, originally, the, I mean, they brought so many teams to the bubble so that Zion could be this uh, round mm-hmm. one matchup. And mm-hmm. and look, to be honest, like, I'm going to go on, on the other end and say that, I mean, Portland were one of my highlights for this, um, for this playoffs. I know their oh. defense has been terrible. But look, this last this last game, you know, with an impending first round exit, McCollum fractured back, mm-hmm. put up put up thirty six six and seven. And although Mello, you know, just was was shooting him pretty well, gave the twenty seven. Um, he was fun. He was fun, and they they stole they stole a lot of the headlines for for this part of the bubble. And their defense sucked, but they deserved it. 
I mean, the fact that Whiteside ended up being somewhat relevant is um is, is quite a, a um a credit to Terry Stotts and the Portland Trailblazers. And, it is. and look, if they're healthy next year and they sort out some of the defense stuff, let's see what they do. Okay. Well, I've got something for you later on. Just I guess I came from the fact that if Harden had led this kind of team, Portland ended up eight games below 500 for the season. So I just felt that if if Harden and the Rockets were serving up this, we, the, the narrative is very different for the very likable Damian Lillard. But we'll move on. Well, mate, it's time for our quotes. Another bitter twist to the dark side of an all-American success story. I know. You're not narrating the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, Robert's Crowe's come play with the Bulls. I don't care. Whatever. Whatever. What's up? What's up? What's up? I had no problem with the glove. This is what I've had to put up with for, for about 20 years. Do you mind if I jump in first, my friend? Go for it. Go for it. I'm going with a fairly well-known one. Um, the world uh, prematurely and collectively lost its mind on one Lugens Dort, also known as Lou Dort. Yes, yes. And then we had to watch him go 0 for 9 in the first quarter oh, of the playoff game. Yep. Um, leading Charles Barkley to give the very, very well-known line, you're open for a reason. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, what a classic. Terrible. Wonderful defender, but he's got a lot to, to, he needs to put in his repertoire before he I mean, can start been, getting... There's been a fair bit of hype around this guy that he can stop Harden and that he's he's pretty good. But yeah, like if he's going to just shoot every time he's open, every time he gets the ball... And if he's not going to make them, it's not going to be good for OKC. So, uh, Pete, for one of my quotes tonight, a bit of a niche one that I don't know how many oh. people will actually uh, okay. um, have heard. But, a Cleveland um, quote? <laughs> well, um, yeah, we got number five pick. Yeah, big year next year. <clears throat> uh, back to Rockets. Um, so, Rockets, OKC, game six. Uh, three and a half minutes left. Rockets were up six. They were on a 14-1 to one run against OKC. And it looked like they were going to they were going to get it. But Chris Paul walks straight into a three, nothing but net, ballsy shot. Then next play comes down again for another three straight in the face of Covington. Now, here's where my quote comes. So Paul runs back. He gives Covington a sneaky little Mm -hmm. bum slap. He did. And then on the replay, Chris Webber from TNT gives the, ooh, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. I genuinely loved it. (laughs) <laughs> um, it was a power move by um, Chris Paul, who loves to um, play the mental games. And then, I don't know, some kind of weird little erotic uh, statement there from Chris Reber. But um... Interesting character. Thank you for that, mate. Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> now, this wasn't from a, a Mark Sayers podcast. This wasn't from a John Mark Homer. Uh, do you know who said this? Comparison is the thief of joy. I have, I have heard that before. Yes. Uh, oh, well, just the other day, uh, commentating NBA game, that was one Jeff Van Gundy in game <laughs> six yeah. of Mavs Clippers. They were asking him to compare the otherworldly Mavs offense to the 90s. He's in career best, he's JVG, to quote O'Brien. Career best for me. Yeah. Um, so another quote from me. Uh, after the 50-point game from Murray, this is a bit more of a serious one. Um, ah, yeah, this. yeah. A lot of buzz about this. Sorry, what was that? A lot of buzz about this. Yeah, yeah. He comes to the post-game press conference. Now, I have to admit, every time I watch these, I do think about your co-host, O'Brien, and just laugh at how long that big boom mic is. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, he comes up to the conference and incredibly emotional, gets asked a question and puts his head down. He's just, he's, he's just emotional, can't talk. And then he gets the question, what's going through your head, Jamal? And he replies, he's, his eyes are welling up. He's, he's teary. He goes, I just want to win. 
in life, you find things that hold value to you, things to fight for, and we found something worth fighting for. He goes on to talk about how Breonna Taylor and George Floyd um, pictures on his shoes, and then it gives him power. Now, just a special moment. Um, I found just the correlation between an epic basketball performance and a um, and a social issue that is clearly so strong to them um, was just was just quite phenomenal. He was spent after that game, and um, yeah, and that photo of him in the um, in the corridor walking back to the locker room, just head in his knees. Um, I think we've seen a different Jamal Murray in the last week than anybody ever expected. Yep. Well, well said by you. Well said by you. Taking this a serious town, I feel like a bit of a jerk taking you straight out of it. Um, <laughs> he's he's the next one. Um, that's a cheap shot thug hit, Marcus Morris. Who you said, said that? that? I did. <laughs> I did, mate. Did you see yeah. him smack Luka Doncic on the back of the head as he drove to the basket in Game Six? Oh yeah. He he is terrible. He is a thug. We got the better brother. I've had enough of this guy. We have what I loved even more about that was um, Big Boban just putting his arms around Luca and just holding him back. There was no way that um Bo- that he was going to break that Boban tackle to get back into Morris. And Boban's a pretty cool head and knew that you know let's not let's not get ejected, let's not do anything stupid. But I agree, just a terrible, terrible hit. Yep. Let's jump ahead to what we'd hope would be a round two preview, but we've just upped the degree of difficulty of it, Rhino, by us not having a round two summed up in the West just yet. So we're going to look at just a couple of potential series which are coming up. With the Thunder closing it out today to make it 3-3, they've set up an uber-competitive Game 7 in a couple of days. Let's look at if it goes the Rockets' way. Lakers-Rockets. Rockets Rockets are 2-1 against the Lakers this season. Russ went for 41 in one of those games. AD averaged just 24. LeBron, 18. Neither of those guys have yet owned this Houston team. Their seven seconds or less offense, bud, I reckon is going to give the Lakers transition D fits with uh, LeBron and AD lagging behind. I reckon, I don't know about you, I reckon Houston will get any shot they want and will blow by the perimeter LA defenders without Rondo and Avery Bradley. That said, at the other end, I reckon AD will break out and get everything he wants and the Lakers' size will destroy the Rockets on the board. Comes down a lot to LeBron at the defensive end for me. If he's careening yeah. out and about up top, supported by plus defenders like Danny Green, Caruso, gets Houston into those hurried threes, LA will dominate. But it's a big ask in your 17th year. Your take, if it goes that way, Lakers-Rockets, what might you see? Yeah, I mean, like, you've said all the obvious things here. Like, Anthony oh, Davis thanks. could... Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, in, the sense, in the sense that, like, this, this, this series could go anywhere if it was to happen. I mean, with the amount of threes that Houston take, like, if they, if they start hitting their threes... And you're right, like, Caruso has all of the energy... He, he makes a lot of really good plays. I mean, Danny Green's been up and down. Like, so it's a classic case of the forwards of the Lakers are just, I mean, you know, two of the top five MVPs. And then you've got, well, a top five MVP in, in Harden down the other end. And Russ, who, I mean, we've given him a lot of stick tonight, but he could definitely cause some damage if people Absolutely. don't guard him well. Absolutely. I mean, he's he can just power to the to the rim. Um, I, I don't think this will be a drama for the Lakers. Okay. I think there was a lot of um, pressure for um, Anthony Davis to really start to step up and he can get any shot he wants. He's got the skills. And, I mean, he's been putting up big numbers and stuff like that. But you could also argue that, like we said, the Blazers didn't have great defense. And, um, we'll, I mean, this is going to be really interesting to see where it goes. Agreed. Agreed. Second highest playoff scoring average ever does uh, Anthony Davis have. Hey, he's Let's... done that quietly. What's it, what, what is it? 
34. Um, let's take a look at OKC and props to them. Pre-season, no one expected them to be at this point of the season. Schroeder has been a revelation in the bubble since his return, today aside. SGA is yet to find his feet. I'll, I'll, I'll pull you on that. I actually didn't think Schroeder had that bad a game, but carry on. Uh, 3 or 14, I beg to differ, but... <laughs> I mean, back in, back in these Atlanta days when he'd be pretty all over the shop, I actually felt like, although he didn't shoot the ball very well, there were quite a few quite a few big plays where I thought he made the good basketball decision, getting it back out to Chris Paul, not just trying to play hero ball. So I don't know. I'm actually, I'm coming around on old mate Schroeder. And that's fine. And I, I agree with you that when you're 3 or 14, getting the ball <laughs> to someone else is a really good idea, Ryan. Well, look, he um, was part of a team that had, had that one. So, I mean, you know, it's all about the team, Pete. Is it? Yeah, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, look, if they can go out of game seven, kudos to them. You know, aside from Utah, though, I'd probably pick every other team remaining in the West against OKC. If it goes that way, do you see them giving the Lakers problems? Oh, no, no. I mean, I've really liked that story. I really liked Gallinari from when he was back in New York. Tall guy that can hit threes. Um, and I just found him pretty entertaining to watch. And it's good to see that he's healthy again. And, um, and so, I mean, can he give them problems? I don't know. They might steal a game or two, but you'd really think the Lakers would have their way with them. Okay. Okay. Well, let's go on the other side of the West then. We know the Clippers have just closed out the Mavericks in six. Jazz and Nuggets are going to play a fairly epic game seven coming up. Now, do you want to talk about that game seven before we go ahead to round two? I know we're going to we can jump back. We have to talk about that. I mean, this is one of the number one stories of, of, the, of the first round. It like, is. did we really think no. that we would be that excited no. For a Jazz and Denver, no disrespect to Jazz and Denver fans, but I did not expect to be this excited about a game seven. Jamal Murray has been on a tear, just hit another 50 point game. And, um, and there was a stat there that I think there's, I've got, I've got it here. Incredible stat coming from Jamal Murray and Donovan <laughs> Mitchell here. Multiple 50 point games in the playoffs. Um, who in history do you think has, has that, Pete? Two 50 point games in a series. Uh, I feel like you're going to say no one, but I'll hazard a guess. Wilt MJ? MJ is one of them. And Alan Iverson. Yeah, okay. So now Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray have joined them for multiple 50-point games in um, in a playoff series. Now, a bit of a bit of a weird stat, but in the sense that that is, I mean, that is a solid, solid achievement to be there with Michael <laughs> Jordan, Alan Iverson, two 50-point games. And, and look, I mean, I was watching, I watched game six and... I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I'd already kn- known the results, so I just wanted to see what happened. Sure. I was expecting to see just Jamal Murray just killing it. But then, I mean, I mean, um, Donovan Mitchell in the first two minutes had eight points, just two big threes okay. early up. And then obviously we saw the flurry from um, Jamal Murray in that in that mm-hmm. last quarter. But, I mean, are we, go- we going to see another epic, epic so. guard game from those two? I think so. I think with them being the primary defender of each other, I think yeah, we're going to see a, ga- a game seven to be remembered. Uh, who, you, who you got, by the way, in this in this game uh, seven? I, I'd love to see the Jazz get it, but I just feel like Go Bears had a couple of really good games, and and game one and two, I thought he was really solid on the boards, played really good defense, and was just in the right spot. And because sometimes he has pretty pretty weird handles and can and can make some bad decisions, but look. If Jamal Murray goes off again, I mean, Jokic is just like, he just, the amount of, he, he makes passing look so beautiful. <laughs> and yeah. that sounds so, a little bit a little bit lame to say. Channeling there, your but, inner Zach Lowe there, right? Oh, exactly right. 
Uh, uh, yeah, he's a massive, he's a massive um, Jokic fan. But I just feel like the one-two punch of those will just be stronger at the end of the day than a Mitchell and um, Gobert. Fair what do you enough. think, Pete? Yeah, I think they've got all the momentum in this series. Um, <laughs> funnily enough, winning the last two games. But I think that lacking a little bit of depth through the loss of Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles basically playing as well as Bogdanovich at the moment, yep. um, who's just gone stone cold. They have not figured out all year how to play Conley and Ingles alongside each other. Conley's been pretty good. Gobert's been great at times. Yep. I just think they're outmatched. A little and bit too much Clarkson. A little bit too much Clarkson, which has, you and I have both moment. experienced with the Lakers and the Cavaliers. If if it goes Denver's way, and I tend to agree with you on that, um, Clippers have had their measure this season. Uh, Jamal Murray has actually struggled against this Clippers team. Where do you see it going? If, as we agree, it's going to be the Nuggets and the Clippers. Well, I mean, I've never been that thrilled by Jamal Murray watching him. Like, he's been pretty up and down. Yeah. The explosiveness yeah. and, like, what we've seen in these last few games has been, oh, been a bit of a revelation. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but, I mean, but then when we hit the Clippers, like, part of me really wants to root against them just because they um, spent so much time coasting. And, like, the regular season's got to mean something. Denver, I mean, when Denver were down 3-1, they were almost just going to push that narrative again that the regular season doesn't really mean that much, especially yeah. if they can get, especially if they can lose to a sixth seed um, and a team that no one really thought would go that deep in um, in the Utah Jazz. Um, but yeah, I think the Clippers will be too strong. I think Kawhi is actually quietly because there've been so many incredible yes. performances. He's killing it. He is He's absolutely he killing really it. He's is. having his way. He makes the game look slow. All the things we see all the time. I know. He's absolutely fantastic. All right. Let's skip ahead. All right, Ryan. Yesterday, round two kicked off. I reckon this is the best matchup we've had in the playoffs so far. Celtics and Raptors, two versus three in the East. Deethi, who did you have in this series going in, and what have you seen in our one game so far? Yeah, look, I had – um. I've got Toronto. I've got Toronto in seven. Yep. I mean, Nick Nurse, coach of the year. Before, before yesterday's game, I had Toronto in seven. Um, I reckon it's going to go the distance. It's going to be a great series. Um, I mean, everyone thought when Haywood went out that it really hurt Boston. Um, clearly in game one, it hasn't. Absolutely. Uh, but I guess for the Raptors, I mean, like like stuff that everyone's been saying all year, they're well coached. They've been doing it all year. Um, play a really good uh, team basketball. Um, Fred Van Vliet, I mean, he's chasing that max. I mean, he's been shit lots out of it. Um, he is. Yeah, he had a pretty, he had a pretty average um, game one, eleven points, three of sixteen from the field. I mean, that's been that's that's an outlier for him at the moment. Like he, he is. is just he gets to his spot and he makes the right play. Um, I do think that. I mean, if you were to really push me on who the one two players are in this series, I mean, I reckon Tatum is number one. Um, yeah, agreed. And then, like I'm a big, I'm a big Jalen Brown guy. I really like Jalen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, I just think that he is. I mean, I love him off the court. He is really intelligent on the court. He is a really good shooter. I feel like he's really crafty, and he plays his role really well. I mean, Jason Tatum is the one who gets all of the headlines. Um, yeah. But I'm, a, I'm a big Jalen Brown guy. So I'm, I think that the two have the two best guards. Um, but. I back the team of Toronto sure. to be able to defend them. Sure. What do you think, Pete? Tell me. What do you reckon? Well, you know what I think because on your phone, you have me on record changing my pick before this series began. Um, 
because I think we've overrated Toronto a little bit coming into this second round. Boston are no scrubs. They're number four in the league in defense, which is amazing for their age. Um, they're also fourth in offense. Now, Toronto are second in D, but they are 14th in offense. Why were we so quick to pick the Raptors as a smoky? I reckon it's this. They smashed a weak East this season. They're, as you said, they're cohesive. They're incredibly well coached by Coach of the Year, Nick Nurse. And they don't lose games they shouldn't. I just wonder, though, at the top end, if they were always going to be challenged. You know, I really like this Boston team. I agree with everything you said. They went 3-1 against Toronto in the bu- uh, this year. They destroyed them in the bubble. They're young, they're athletic. They've got the best player on the court. And they're also well-coached. I just felt they got a real good chance to cause an upset, quote-unquote, even without Gordon Haywood. So Look, when you say upset, what do you, what, what's your prediction? Quote-unquote, I think the Masters are going with Toronto. They were the bookies' favourites going in here. I, I, I've got Boston in seven. Um, Look, I'm not gloating up one nil. There's a long way to go, but I've liked mm-hmm. what I've seen so far. Look, we've all enjoyed the rise of Siakam and Van Vliet and Lowry did shoot it horribly the other day. That won't happen again. 37% from the field for Toronto. Yep. A full clip of 10 below Boston. Look, there'll be moves and counter moves from here. I'm not almost ready to name myself the star of the show again, but Boston are right in this. And they've done the, you know, huge game two coming up. Huge yeah, and I think everyone, and we we love the story of the fact that, um, obviously, Kawhi Leonard left their team. Everyone thought they'd blow it up, and yet here they are. Like, you know, potentially, oh, you know, like, second, well, the second, they finished second in the East. And yes. no one, probably no one had picked them. I don't know. No one really picked them over Milwaukee, but no one had th- thought they'd be second in the East. No. And so I think there's a reason they are there. And you make a good point about beating a weak East. And it's and it also seems like Boston are starting to fire on all cylinders, yes, start to really see who they are. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm just expecting Wanamaker to just really knock down thirty for the next couple of games. <laughs> what do you reckon? Yeah, you go. Oh, he's a star. Yeah, he <clears throat> he's a star. Um, I want to jump ahead to to the Heat and the Bucks because today's game saw game one take off and it is all about Jimmy Butler. Bill Simmons had him ranked the seventh most important player going into the bubble and I thought he had lost his mind. But after sweeping a really good indie team, Jimmy took it to the Bucks today. A career playoff high of 40 at 13 or 20. He was doing ISOs, turnarounds, hit two or two threes. Uh, all NBA defense, two steals and a block. Take a bow, Jimmy Butler, and make us a couple of lattes in his uh, new role as barista in the bubble. And now, isn't he charging twenty bucks per coffee or something like that? Oh, as he said, mate, they can afford it now. Exactly. On the other side of it, forget the near triple double stat line. Giannis was awful today. Yeah. Six turnovers, eighteen points, a game low minus fourteen for the game. Bam and Dragic were huge today. Chris Middleton, don't get me started. Forget his scoreline. He disappeared. Only two points in the second half with the defense turned up. He did reappear at game's end, though, which I'll touch on in a moment. Um, anything that sees you worried today for the Bucks, Or is this, you know, just a game on aberration and they'll find their rhythm and get going over at Milwaukee? Not at all. Not at all. Before um, today's game, I had Miami in seven. I've called, I reckon Miami have got what? this. Yeah, I genuinely do. I genuinely do. And it's a classic case <gasps> of... Giannis is a beast and he is going to get his numbers. And so it's, it's a case of, for me, whether you can never f- stop someone like Giannis, but you can definitely just like reduce his impact. He only scored three points in that last quarter. I mean, so they've clearly done something right. And you're right. Chris Middleton, although he had a great first half, he slowed down. Um, so I really rate Miami um, 
in the, I think Bam can do a solid job. I think you didn't mention you didn't mention enough of Dragic. I thought in this game, twenty seven points. Yeah, he's great. He was uh, great. A quote: "He's like a fine wine, getting better with age." Who said that? Um, your your uh, quote? Or? No, that's not one of the, the uh, one of the commentators today. Okay. I, didn't, okay. I can't remember who it was. Um, and. And look, and that wasn't, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about, especially Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero was solid. Duncan Robinson only yeah. only scored four points. Terrible. I mean, he's been a knockdown shooter for the, yeah. for the year. And so I think I think Milwaukee are in a lot of trouble. Now, having said this, though, all it'll take is for a few defensive lapses and Giannis will get his way. Mm-hmm. And so I just wonder if we're going to get a repeat of last year against Toronto, where Toronto just built that wall. And then that really stopped Giannis, and then they had nothing else. So okay. I'm I'm really interested to see. This is going to be this is going to be an excellent series. And may I just point out, um, yes, you may. the <laughs> the Eastern Conference always gets a bit of grief, but these two series they're going to be excellent. They are a yes, coin sir. flip. We do yes, not sir. know who is coming out of the East. Yep. And, best case um, best case scenario has unfolded here, mate. We've got the top four teams in the East. Yep. And the top four teams that, I mean, I think we can. I think we can all admit that either one, any any one of these teams could come out. Genuinely, any one of these teams could come out. You reckon? Fair call. Fair call. No, fair call. Um, staying with Chris Middleton, I know we're not doing a Stephen A today, but can I just have a moment on him? Absolutely. Uh, right at the end of the game, t- tight into the game, throws a shocking pass straight out of bounds. What does he do within the last two minutes? Demands the replay, swings the finger. I have hated this all year. Then they go and check it. It's an obvious no deflection from Butler. It's a Miami ball. Moments later, moments later, he smashes the ball out of Butler's hands, demands another replay. The game loses all its energy. You should lose a timeout when you demand this. But, of course, what happens? It's my pet hate. Someone has the ball, someone smacks it out of their hand, and they go to the replay for four minutes, find that, yep, Butler did have the last fingertip. If you if I have the ball, mate, and you knock it out of my hand, it's off you. They've got to end this. They've got to end this right now. And if you call for a replay when it's not uh, not required, you should be made to have Marcus Morris smack you upside the head. I'm <laughs> sick of it, pal. Let's move on because it's time for our peripheral pickups. It's always a concern when you've got to start a sentence, Matt, with the words, I'm not into fat shaming. But <laughs> MJ wearing a Detroit three-peat T-shirt. Well, no, just how strong was Judd Bushler's coffee the morning that he got interviewed? <laughs> but Matt's just asked me the question. And I'm answering it. Because I'm not getting an adequate response. Now, Ryan... I know you're a fan of the pod, but just for our listeners, this is the segment. We love it. Where we've looked to the periphery, the things at the fringe, in the shadows that others may have missed that we're right on top of. Ryan, how have you found this segment? Have you've listened? And do you have any for us today? Oh, um, I think it's excellent. I mean, everyone always picks up on different things. Something you'll pick up on, I would never pick up on. Um, but you know, I'm a I'm a Cavs fan. J.R. Smith is close to my heart. So my first one oh, is this classic J.R. move. With 1.1 seconds left in the first quarter, receives an entry pass, only to have not one, but two feet out of bounds. (laughs) I think all Cavs fans and LeBron diehards all probably had horrific flashbacks from the 2018 finals for sure. When, of course, he got that offensive rebound, not realizing the time and... And that epic meme of LeBron with his hands out going, JR, what are you doing? But just a just a classic, just a classic moment by JR. Yes. Yeah. Me a periphery. Oh my goodness. Well, last week, Ryan, as you know, I did the levels of board celebration from the pound of the board in front of the bench to the leap to the straddle, finishing with a handstand. I've I've got a new one today. It's today, it's that fresh. It'll be top two. Uh 
late in the, late in the fourth, a Jimmy Butler fadeaway. Beautiful shot. Runs back up the court. And what does a teammate do? He flashes him, Ryan. He gives him the full flash, the full chest exposed. Amazing. Uh, Who was that the, player? Under the mask, I couldn't tell. I wasn't going to rewind it too many times. I didn't want to make it you know, too uh, inappropriate. But uh, it's, I've now got five levels of board celebration. Just leant over the board and gave him an eyeful. Pete, yeah, so great the- periphery. I love it. My second one isn't um, quite as funny, but a bit of a, um, a frustration I have. And it is our boy that always gets mentioned on this pod, Patrick oh, Beverly. Oh, you're good. Please. He's back. Go He's back. It. Now, it must have been game three or game four. Um, broadcasters were just, you know, chatting like they do. Bigger picture stuff about the game. Obviously, Beverly had been out with his um, strained calf. Same old, same old. He's a hustle defender. Great for the team's energy. La, la, la. But the thing that was ridiculous was that on two different occasions, the camera zoomed in on him on the bench. They're obviously talking about him. Let's give a visual picture of Patrick Beverly. But of course, Patrick Beverly being the, oh, you know, I came from nothing. I've had to work for my position. The minute he sees that he is on the screen, just waves away the camera as if to be like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. And I'm like, mate, you've made it. You are a starting point guard on a title contender. We get that you're a dog of a defender and that you work hard. You're a good shooter. (laughs) <laughs> just enjoy the limelight for a couple of minutes and just give people one less reason not to like you. Peter, you go. Oh, no, I could go on. Thank you so much for bringing a Patrick Beverly anecdote uh, to the podcast as if he doesn't want people looking at him. Um, Ryan, ever ever tried to steal an inbounds pass after a made after a made basket? You know, you got all this adrenaline and this hyperactivity and try to sneakily steal the inbounds? I think we all have Pete at one time or another. Well, most of us have, but you got to be, you know, pretty quick and athletic, you know, trying to hide, you know, you know, kind of hide behind another player, you know, with the offense not switched on. However, Boban Marjanovic trying to steal the inbounds pass late in the first quarter of Game Six. He's seven foot four, three hundred pounds, mate. We can see you. Fair to say, the steal attempt didn't come up with a positive stat in the box score. Those big jukes weren't able to kind of get in the way. Those hands are massive. Well, they could see him. But he sneakily had a pretty good playoff series. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Good for him. Very likable man. Very likable man. Yes. That is it for me for peripheries. Oh, That's okay. Yeah, my well, well, I've just got one little last one. Um, game five, uh, game one of Raptors-Celtics was technically a home game for the Raptors. Now, however, at the end of the third quarter, Jason Tatum, you might have seen this, hits this magnificent fadeaway on the buzzer. Mm. And what does he hear? Fake groan noises from a disappointed quote unquote crowd. So they've turned up the, the Toronto disappointed groans because he hits the great shot. Come on, NBA. Our stars like Jason Tatum deserve better than that. Not good enough. I know. There's one thing to kind of try and make try and make home court advantage somewhat real in the NBA, in this <laughs> NBA bubble. But come yeah. on, I agree. Credit where credit's you. It's a good shot. All right. Well, well done by you. Your first peripheral pickups. You got us two pearlers. Hopefully that was pretty solid for Sports Opinionated. Well done, mate. Love your work. Love your work. Well, let's jump ahead. It's time for our questions without notice. Matt, uh, Matt. 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 <laughs> no, no, I'm Ryan. I'm, I'm, your, I'm your first ever guest today. Just reminding you, Peter. Okay, Ryan, Ryan, I'll write that down. Uh, gave you a little heads up before. Where do you think Portland goes from here? What is their ceiling? What do they need to do with some of their glaring issues? What would you do if you're the Portland GM? Well, I mean, they had a year of no Nurkic. And then Zach Collins ended up injured. I mean, so they need to 
get, get better on the defense. It's kind of as simple as that in mm-hmm. the sense that I think that we we have seen what a healthy Portland can do. Now they obviously can't push for a for a title. They can't beat the number one seed of the West, let's not forget, and one of the um, uh, arguably one or two greatest of all time in LeBron James. Um, <laughs> but I think they need to run it back and they need to give this, they need oh, okay. to give this team – a year. I mean, Zach Collins was injured for a lot of the year. Nurkic, we've seen, is a really solid big man, mm-hmm. and um, I reckon I reckon run it back. Okay, it's not broke. It just okay. needs to work. I've On got the defense, Pete. Well, just before you do, just just a question back to you: CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard is your defensive backcourt? Uh, front court, sir. Yep. Yep. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Go for it. Um. Now I'm a uh, obviously I'm a loyal Cavs fan, uh, so my je- my boys J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters, got a special place in my heart. Okay. Peter, yes. What do you hope to see from them in the upcoming series with either Houston or Toronto, uh, Houston or Thunder? It's funny you mention this because I've thought about what I'd like to see from J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters. Here's my answer. Nothing. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. They can they can choose any of my five levels of board celebration. They can do the pound. Dion Waiters couldn't do the handstand. I tell you that right now. J.R. Smith do the straddle. Um, do whatever you like. Stay off the court. That's what I want from them. No, I want to see some. I want to see some waiters. I want to see some hero ball. I want to see him right. just jacking up some really ugly looking fadeaway three pointers. Um, hurting my feelings. I'm going to move on. Um, <laughs> Ryan. Ryan Deeth, after ruining the last day of playing games in the NBA bubble for me, specifically after I told you I was media banning, just how many media bans do you intend to break for me these playoffs? Uh, well, it depends how much longer you speak ill of my boys, JR and Dion. If you start to speak nicer things, then I may not have to send you uh, texts about the fact that uh, Phoenix won the last game um, leading into the uh, playoffs. Ryan, you're the Sixers GM. What do you do? Oh, yeah. oh man. Oh, that's, a, that's, I'm glad I'm not the Sixers GM. I know. I mean, yeah. look, does Elton Brand even keep his job? No, he can't. He can't. So, so, I mean, they're looking at a full restructure of the, so most likely they're going to give a new coach another shot. Okay. So what, so what do they do around those two players? I mean. So just to follow up then, do you keep Simmons and Embiid? You want to, would you run that around again? Well, I mean, the NBA fan that loves the drama would yes. love to see on a different team. I mean, you know, oh. we'd love to see – I would love to see Simmons on a team where he can run the offense in a way that works well for him. Obviously, he can't shoot, and no matter how much we ask him to shoot, he's not going to shoot. So let's start to let's start to work on his strengths and start to build a team around him. Fair enough. Love it. And – before we go to our final segment, Ryan, uh, I know I've asked you a few here because don't know when we'll get you back. Who's in the NBA Finals and who wins it? Who's in the NBA Finals? Um, I am going to go with Lakers. I think yep. the Lakers get it. I think we've seen playoff LeBron. We've seen playoff AD. And it just de- it just depends on whether we get enough from their supporting cast. I, I do think I do think Danny Green's still got some in him. Um, I yeah. I'm not I'm a, I'm I'm there with Danny Green. And I think um, it'll be interesting to see what happens when we get Rondo back. I mean, is Rondo <laughs> going to be helpful? Can Dwight stay on the court? Is Dwight going to sabotage the whole thing? I mean, there are questions. There are questions on every team. And I'm yes, going right. I'm going with Lakers. And I think it'll be Lakers and... Oh, what is going on? 
I'm gonna go with it's such a it's such a it's such a toss up. I'm gonna go with I think Milwaukee make it. Okay. No, I can't say that. I've just I've just <laughs> right. because you've tipped the heat. All right. Okay. is. I'm yeah, going to stick... Lake is Milwaukee and he thinks M- M- Miami will beat Milwaukee. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank we you. We'll see when we go there. Woo! Star of the show. Yep. From North Carolina. <laughs> Friends, it's time for our final segment, our star of the show. Ryan, in your cramming, you've done some great work. You have prepared a star of the show. Love what you've put together. Um, I'm going to let you go first, mate. Um, I can't go past Jamal Murray. What he has done, what he has done, he game two and three, I think he was something like 12 points and 14 points. Don't quote me on that. Um, he, his quickness, what I've been quite surprised with Jamal Murray in this, in this whole series is just the way he has taken over games. He has been so passive in the past. It's been Jokic's team. He is genuinely showing that they are a one, two punch. And so he has been the star of the show. Like we said, we are excited for game seven. But he is just, he's emotional. He is working hard. He is hitting shots like I've never seen him shoot before. Pete, I want to hear, who's your star? Tell me. Well, mate, there's a reason why I went you, let you go first was because I felt that you might have had the same as me. And I'm not going to try and wing it on the fly. You're spot on, mate. It is Jamal Murray. Down 1-3. He erupted. He erupted, Ryan D. He's gone for 50, 42, and 50 in consecutive games at over a 60% clip. 60, mate. Um, he's got them heading into game seven as favourites. At one stage in game five, you would have seen this, he blew by two defenders just over half court, went straight at the stifle tower, Rudy Gobert, and did a 360 layup right in his face for the score. Incredible. And what he's doing, mate, he's put us in a win-win. They win game seven, and he takes on Patrick Beverly in the Clippers (laughs) in a series that might turn into a UFC battle if Murray pulls out, you know, the scowling, the chest thumping, the bench stare-downs we've been seeing. His knee, mate, could be in serious jeopardy in this series. Oh, 100%. And, that'll, and that's the thing. Like when, he's, when he's put against a really hard defender, we'll really see what Jamal Murray is made of. He's given Absolutely. us a glimpse, and everyone is hungry for more. We just want to know what this guy is really on about and whether he is worth so much of our viewing. Absolutely. Well, mate, we got there. Well we done. Did. Hey, is there anything we missed on or that you wanted to, to get out there, have your say on? Um, we have hit everything. We have hit everything. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, Ryan, thanks so much. Great to have you on the pod. I hope the Cavs pick up a, a steal at, at number five or somehow. I just hope it's not Lamelo Ball. Well, 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 he won't be there at five, which is no, nonsensical. Not but anyway, um, friends, we'll be back next week. It can't be as epic or controversial as the last week in the NBA, can it, Ryan? No more. Oh, if, who knows at this point? Yeah, well, one thing's for sure. We'll have a clearer picture of where round two is heading. O'Brien might be back in deck, but he might be trading me in a first-round pick to the Cavs for you, mate. Well played. Uh, Everyone, go well. Like and rate us before you leave. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. See you, guys.